1: Like sports cuz we like sports. let about
0: sports. It's sport Welcome to episode two eighty of the Sports
1: jack Podcast. You mean the Wes Farrell episode? Wes Will Farrell. No, he's not Will Farrell, he's oh. Wes Farrell. Okay. And as a big league pitcher, Wes Farrell. Well, he did not win 280 games. He won 193, pitching for some pretty bad teams. Cleveland, the Red Sox, the Senators. So why is West episode 280? Why? Because his career batting average was 280. He has the most homers in his career of any pitcher who was a full-time pitcher for his entire career. So, like, people say, well, Babe Ruth was a pitcher. Yes, but... Once people realized what a great hitter Ruth was They put him in the outfield And that's where he played Uh Wes Farrell was nothing but a pitcher in his big league career And yet he hit 39 home runs in his big league career Including, I'm looking at his numbers here 1931 He only had 116 at-bats, Corey He had 9 homers and 30 runs batted in That's pretty good so, Wes Farrell, career batting average 280. This episode, poor vu. What does poor vu mean for you? Oh, I'm reaching out to our French Canadian audience.
0: Yes, I did send uh, Chuck some stats on Friday, and the French have really
1: up grown there in accustomed. Quebec, <laughs> in Montreal. More hockey stories. Yes, they're they're very upset up there.
0: Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, the crowd's going In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents SportsYak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is good! It's good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann.
1: Get your big butt out of here!
0: And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever!
1: All right, Super Bowl 55 has been set. It's the Bucs, it's the Chiefs. It's just like we didn't tell you on Friday's episode <laughs> of Sport Chat. <yet. laughs> uh, we have hits and misses in life. You know what?
0: I watched the packers bucks game. In my couch opinion, I think Aaron Rodgers could have ran that last play into yes. that position, uh, possession. Yes. I, I think he could have. He more than likely would have got his bell rung.
1: But he could
0: have punched that
1: in. He might not have made it all the way, but he would have been close enough where they would have gone for it on fourth down. Matt LaFleur, what are you thinking? Oops. What are you thinking going for the field goal and saying, oh, yeah, we'll get the ball back because it's only Tom Brady on the other (laughs) side?
0: Yeah, it was like 2.45 maybe? Not even
1: that. 2.05 left. Oh. Two oh five left, and you're thinking, oh, we'll, we'll get the ball back. Yeah. That you talk about some I mean, it was a very entertaining game to watch. Yes. Very entertaining game. Brady was not great. He, those three interceptions in the second half, as good as he looked in the first half, those three interceptions in the second half were
0: bad. Is there anything, though, more beautiful than a slow mo?
1: perfect pass coming at you down the field when they show that? Like the one right before the end of the first Yes! So again, let's go back to the thought of Matt LaFleur, what are you thinking? (laughs) And even I mean, Tony Dungy is not one to call out other coaches and even Tony Dungy said that is the worst defensive alignment I have ever seen 6 seconds left in the half. I realize the Packers are hoping that they can thwart a possible field goal attempt by the Buccaneers. They they want to, you know, make sure the Tampa Bay doesn't get a chance to get 3. That doesn't mean that you only play one safety deep. You should be in ultimate prevent here. The one thing you don't want them to do <laughs> is send some guy running past your cornerback with no deep help and let Brady just lob it in there to him for a touchdown. Unbelievable. So while the Packers, and and look, folks, I understand, the referees kept the flags in their pockets the whole game until the very end when there was a, a jersey pull and, Mike Evans takes a dive like he's in a soccer game and the ref throws the flag. And, and I get all everybody being upset about that. Be upset at the Packers. Be upset at the coaching decisions of Matt LaFleur. And understand that this is probably the reason why Aaron Rodgers sits at his post-game press conference and kind of leaves the door open as to what might happen in the future. Hmm. Now... Aaron Rodgers is locked up under contract with the Green Bay Packers through 2023. So while there are some people this morning on social media hot to trot about, oh, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to force a trade or anything like that? Back up just a second here. Aaron Rodgers may well be voted the NFL's MVP this year because those votes are tallied before the playoffs. He led the NFL in touchdown passes this year. He's, what, 37, 38 years old, so he's still got some years left in him. And I don't think the Green Bay Packers are looking to unload him. Yes, they drafted a quarterback in the first round last year, and maybe that motivated Aaron Rodgers this year. But if you think the Green Bay Packers are going to choose Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers... As many bad decisions as the Packers made yesterday, that would be the most heinous of them all. That's not happening. Well, it's only Monday. (laughs) That said, Tom Brady goes off to his 10th Super Bowl. He's won six of them. He's 6-3 and in Super Bowls. Bruce Arians gets to coach in his first Super Bowl at the age of 68. Hmm. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get to play Super Bowl 55 on their home field. Something that has never happened in a Super Bowl before. So, a lot of things lining up well for Tampa Bay. Did I read also, this is the first time two
0: quarterbacks that have been in the previous two games play against each other. Did I read something like that? Like, Brady was in two Super Bowls ago. Yeah. And Mahomes was in last year's Super Bowl. Right. So it's the first time that's happened. I'm not sure. Kind of a weird little I'm not sure on that one. I'm sure Rinaldi will get to the bottom of it. Oh, uh, probably.
1: What where is this game played at, CBS? Uh CBS has the Super Bowl. Okay. Yes. So, so who'll call that one? Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um which I mean Romo may just combust because <laughs> um of course, they will have lots of great things to say about Tom Brady, but he definitely has a man crush on Patrick Mahomes. Does he? And um, that was evident yesterday. And not that Patrick Mahomes didn't earn it because he's the defending Super Bowl champ, and he threw three touchdowns yesterday, and Kansas City beat Buffalo 38-24. Bills took the early lead in this one, but Kansas City has such an explosive offense and they threw twenty-one on the board in the second quarter, and really took control of this game. Andy Reid goes back to the Super Bowl, and Kansas City. Uh, the betting line right now is the Chiefs are the early favorite to win this one. Now, from the Corey Man couch of observation, <laughs> yes, who would you? Not who are you rooting for? Who do you think will win? Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City or Tom Brady in Tampa Bay? Buccaneers. I have to lean that way, too, because, <clears throat> and I know he's lost three of them. He's won six. Yeah. How do you bet against Tom Brady playing at home in a Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, just that whole, I'm with another team for the first time. We're good. We've made it this far. They just seem to have something yesterday more than the other team, and I think that's going to roll right into home field.
1: Now, who am I rooting for? I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Okay. And you might say, why? I have two reasons. Garrick Dieter from South Bend plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'd like to see him do well. I'd like to see him get another Super Bowl ring. And reason number two, I've... I've had it with Tom Brady. Have you? Yeah, it, everything just. This guy has made a deal with the devil. He has <laughs> sold his soul. And. Tom Brady went down to George. <laughs> yeah. He was looking for a ball
0: to deflate.
1: So <laughs> I'm just. I'm oversaturated with Tom Brady and I'm ready. For- I was too before
0: yesterday. I just had a moment of, wow, this guy's. Is- Making history. Oh,
1: I I can appreciate his greatness. Yeah. There is no question about that. I mean, I don't know why they would wait the five years. When he decides to shut it down, just make the bust and put it in Canton. But why, <laughs> why would we even wait? Right. Okay? There's no question about that. However, I just, personally, I've had it. You've had it. So... We'll see. We've got a couple of weeks to to talk about that pending matchup. Now, I mentioned we have hits and misses. Obviously, the picks to win over the weekend were misses. The hit was Matthew Stafford, who is going out for trade bait, according to the Detroit Lions. And we've talked about that on this show, and we have said where would be an ideal landing spot for Matthew Stafford. Have you been listening? I have. And where would that be?
0: Well, I heard Indianapolis, but I also saw some Chicago talk.
1: Now, here's the thing, folks. They're not – the Lions are not going to send Matthew Stafford to another team in the division, much like when we talk about Deshaun Watson with the Texans. He's not going from Houston to Indianapolis. Okay. Matthew Stafford is not going from Detroit to Chicago. They want him to get him out of there. That's not happening. Okay. Okay. Now, Matthew Stafford could very well wind up with the Colts, but I'll tell you who the Colts have to watch out for, and that is the Washington football team. Because Washington needs a quarterback. Alex Smith, God bless him, comeback story of the year. Not only amazing that he can walk, but that he was able to play football this year with all that he went through with that leg rehab. But if you're realistic, sitting in the Washington front office, Alex Smith is not the quarterback of your future. You're sitting on a pile of draft picks and you've got Matthew Stafford over there with the Lions. I think, first thing this morning, if I were the general manager of Washington, I'd be picking up the phone and calling Detroit. Okay. So, to me, it's going to be either the Colts or Washington for Stafford. Now, let's throw something else into the mix here. Let's say that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled enough with what's going on up in Green Bay that he demands a trade. And this is all purely speculative. Remember, I just poo-pooed the notion of that. Mm -hmm. But let's say that he did. If you're the Colts, would you rather have 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers or 32-year-old Matthew Stafford?
0: So you'd be getting, like, the twilight years, maybe three to five years from Aaron Rodgers, maybe.
1: Led the, led the NFL in touchdown passes last year.
0: Or you get a hungry Stafford who's never been a part of a winning organization. But that's the thing. He's never been a winner. So, But it's not all been his fault. Correct. I would go with Stafford. Gives them some more time to maybe get a game plan behind the scenes together. Do some planning. I feel like it's short-term with Aaron.
1: It is, but what's your window if you're Indianapolis? Mm. I would tend to say, if I had the choice between the two, and I'm not sure that I do, right. but if I had the choice between the two, I would take Aaron Rodgers. Because the idea, Corey, is to win now. You know what happens to coaches with five-year plans? In five years... They're gone, gone. and the next coach comes (laughs) in. To win now. Okay. So the idea is to win now, and if you want to win now, and I have to choose between Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Yep, makes sense. So that's the NFL picture. Let's talk a little bit about basketball. Notre Dame played a game in almost total anonymity last night because they were playing at the same time as the NFC game was wrapping up and the AFC game was starting. Mike Bray, well, this, this got the attention of some of the people I follow on Twitter, particularly one Thomas Noy. Mike Bray decides he's going to bench his starters. He did not like the way they looked in practice on Friday, did not like what he saw from them, so Notre Dame men's basketball communications shows the starting lineup to everybody, and people thought, is this a fake account? Uh <laughs> because the names on there didn't look like the names we're used to seeing in the Irish starting lineup. And was that the case? Yeah. And Notre Dame started out slow. They're now the good news for them is they were taking on a Miami team that's pretty well beat up. They've got Lots of injuries.
0: Could you hear the Benny Hill theme song playing
1: while these five were playing? Uh, they started out one for seven from the field. Okay. So they only made one more shot than you and I did from our couch. <laughs> then Mike Bray decided, okay. Have you learned your lesson? Have you <laughs> have you learned your lesson? Have you learned how bad these other guys are? And he puts them in, and the Irish go on to win it by a count of 73-59. And actually, in... Not only last night, but in the last two games, my uh, my personal Notre Dame foil, and I shouldn't make it personal because it's not. I, I don't even know the young man. I just know that sometimes his play frustrates me. Prentice Hub played pretty well last night. So got the offense going in a good flow.
0: There's something you don't hear on this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had about three guys in double figures. Okay. And so Notre Dame's now five and eight. I mean, let's not print up the... Uh, The tourney ticket's just yet, but at least they made some improvement. Indiana. Didn't we tell you? Didn't we tell you, Friday kids, that the success in the game against Iowa and the great defense that Indiana played might be a mirage? If they didn't come out and do the same thing against Rutgers, they could be in trouble. Yes, Rutgers went into the game with a little bit of a losing streak. They did not look like the team that they were at the beginning of the season. But this is Indiana. And in the past, this is Indiana meant strong fundamentals, hard effort, enthusiastic play. Now when I say this is Indiana, what I'm really saying is this is Archie Miller's Indiana, which means it's like reaching into the Whitman sampler box and pulling out that lousy piece with coconut all over it. (laughs) I know the one you speak of. Indiana. And and here's the perplexing thing. Part of IU's problem most of the season has been they can't shoot three-pointers. They're terrible from three-point range. Yesterday, they're 10 out of 16 from three-point range. Yesterday, they couldn't hit a freaking layup to save their soul. Yesterday, they took terrible shots from two-point range. And yesterday, they played with all the defensive effort of this granite countertop. None. And they lose at home, at home, to Rutgers 74-70. Friends, Indiana is now 9-7, and seven, and they're 4-5 and five in the Big Ten. Did you know since Bob Knight's departure, Indiana is basically a 500 team in Big Ten play. I mean, people talk about Notre Dame football living in the past. Well, IU basketball is living in the past right now. Mm. And I will I will bang the drum on this until something happens. But I Archie Miller is not the answer. He clearly cannot keep this team motivated and engaged. Trace Jackson Davis looked lost on offense yesterday. Lost. And that's the result of the game. Lost. So now, Indiana gets to sit and brew on that one for nine days because they were supposed to play Michigan Saturday, Mm -hmm. but Michigan has the new strain of COVID at the university. The European strain apparently has come to Ann Arbor. And so the State Department of Health has shut down all Michigan athletics, University of Michigan athletics programs for the next two weeks.
0: Boy, how does that get on the campus, one wonders.
1: Yeah, exactly, one mm.
0: wonders. Mm. So... Uh, do they try to make up a game in between there, do you
1: think, or they just wait until Well, I mean the Big Ten would help them if they had other games to make up, but I'm not sure that they do.
0: Things are moving along so swimmingly in other campuses.
1: Okay. So IU can just sit and ponder <laughs> what they've done. Another team that needs to sit and ponder what they've done is Nerding Women's Basketball. They had a seven point lead at North Carolina in the fourth quarter with about six minutes to go. I realize seven points is is three possessions. It's not that much. But you had a team like North Carolina, and, and this was very similar to the IU-Rutgers game in a lot of ways in the fact that North Carolina came into that game, they had not won a game since December 20th. They weren't playing good ball. Yes, they're on their home floor, but... Come on, Notre Dame. Show up in the fourth quarter. This is about the third time this has happened with the Irish this year. And it's it's a problem. And I'll tell you what the problem is in my eyes, Corey, mm-hmm. is that they don't have they don't have a take charge person on the floor. They don't have a person right now that says, Okay, I'm gonna get you in the right place at the right time and make this, make this thing run properly. Who has that been previously? Well, it, you go back to previous team. It Typically, it's your point guard. Okay. Typically, it's your point guard. But Notre Dame is so young, and then they have transfers in, like Destiny Walker and Dara Mabry, there just doesn't seem to be the chemistry. When, when you watch them, there just doesn't seem to be – lots of teams have a pecking order,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? There doesn't seem to be a pecking – now, sometimes that can be a good thing if you've got five people working as one. But right now, they don't have five people working as one, and okay. that seems to be a problem. Okay. So uh, a game that Notre Dame should have had yesterday gets away from them, and they lose to North Carolina by the count of 78-73. And now it gets really tough the rest of the way for the Irish because most, if not all, of the opponents the rest of the regular season are ranked, Syracuse, Louisville, which is number one, and North Carolina State, which is number two. They play Syracuse twice, they play Louisville twice, they play North Carolina State, and then they have a a game with Pitt, which they should win, but... My goodness, it, the road really gets tough, which is why you needed to rack up wins early on when you could. Because the end of the season isn't going to bode well for Nerding getting in the NCAA tournament. High school basketball over the weekend. Congratulations to John Glenn. The Falcons win their third straight by-county tournament. Carter Young was named the MVP. They handled New Prairie on Saturday night, beat the Cougars by double digits. So Travis Hanna's team rolling along. They are 12-1, and weather permitting. They're scheduled to play at Mishawaka Marion on Tuesday night in an NIC game, and that should be interesting. The Knights won a thriller at the Penn Palace over the weekend in overtime on Friday night. Mitchell Menting stepped up, had a couple of big three-pointers, in the overtime period to lead Rob Berger's team to the win. So Marion and Glenn should be a very interesting game if the weather cooperates and they can play that one on Tuesday night. Uh, Some other developments from over the weekend. John Adams remains undefeated. Chesterton had a couple of its better players out with some injuries. So that made a difference. But Adams handled them in Hannaway's shack, beat them 61-49, Adams continues to play spectacularly good defense. They play really good team ball. They'll get some challenges as the year goes on, but I really like the way Chad Johnston's team is playing right now, and they're ranked number eight, I believe, in this week's IBCA poll. Um, Mishawaka, I watched some of their game with Northridge on Saturday night. Mishawaka came into the season, and, and I think we've said this before on the show or maybe I said it in the social media. You look at Mishawaka's team and, you know, there are some teams, they walk out of the court and you're like, wow. You know, you, can, you look at Mishawaka's team, it's like, eh, okay, you know, a bunch of nice kids, hope they have fun. But they, they get in your grill defensively. They execute the offense beautifully. Uh, nobody is afraid to take the shot. Uh, The other night, they had all kinds of people hitting key shots for them in the fourth quarter, and they wound up beating a good Northridge team by 12 points. And so Mission Walk is the only undefeated team in the Northern Lakes Conference. They've won eight in a row. They'll have some tough road games later on in the NLC, but right now Ron Heklinski's team is sitting pretty over there on Lincoln Way. Yes. No, I'm
0: just enjoying. You're very fired up for a Monday.
1: Well, there's a lot to be fired up about. The the tournament pairings came out last night for girls basketball. Girls basketball, okay. Class 4A over at Goshen. This should be quite the sectional. You've got four teams with at least 15 wins in that sectional. Penn is going to be the favorite, and for obvious reasons, I mean, they're ranked number three overall in the state. Christy Ulrich's team, though, has had some hiccups along the way, uh, but they got the easier side of the bracket. They open up with Concord on a Tuesday night, and then they would play Elkhart if they win that. Meanwhile, on the bottom side of the bracket, Northridge got the bye. And they'll play the winner of Warsong Goshen. Warsong Goshen played for the Northern Lakes title just a couple of weeks ago, and Goshen won that game. And so that should be... Uh, A fun bracket, and we may wind up there very well for our 46th game of the week come girls' tournament time. The bracket at Mishawaka is is very interesting because there's not really a standout team in the group. I think the upper part of that bracket is very strong where you've got Laporte opening up against Plymouth. A lot of people think those might be the two best teams in that sectional. Michigan City gets the bye. They play the winner of Laporte and Plymouth. Michigan City has really been a mercurial team this year, very up and down. Then on the bottom half of the bracket, you've got Riley, Mishawak, and Adams. None of those teams have a winning record, but one of them is going to be playing for a sectional title on that Saturday night. Uh, 3A, uh, the best sectional in 3A in our area is the one at Wawa Sea. And again, very top-heavy bracket. Lakeland, Central Noble, and West Noble, the three best teams all grouped up there In the top of the bracket, I really like the draw for Tippecanoe Valley. They got the bye. They play the winner of Northwood and Wawasee. Interesting sectional at South Bend St. Joe. Marion and Washington are both ranked in the top ten of Class 3A. They are on opposite sides of the bracket. Washington will have to play New Prairie and then John Glenn. Uh, Marion will open up. They will start against Jimtown, likely play their arch rival St. Joe in the semifinals on Friday night but a championship tilt between Marion and Washington would be a very attractive matchup. Nice. Will you have any opportunity to do girls' games? Uh... Yeah, we'll do, a, we'll do a girls' sectional semifinal, and we'll, we'll have some conversations here to see if we actually do a girls' sectional final, but we will do a girls' regional this year, we'll do girls' semi-state, okay. and then we'll have all four of the state final games on TV46. Puck News! Pucks, the Blackhawks have won two in a row. They've got this kid, Pius Suter. He became the first Blackhawks player since 1933 that, in the first game that he scores an NHL goal, actually got a hat trick. Scored three of them yesterday against Detroit. Here's the good news, Blackhawks fans. The Red Wings are back in your division, and they stink. So... This has been a real boon for the Blackhawks. That's uh, release. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that that was the NHL's gift to the Blackhawks here with the little realignment. Is okay. We're giving you the Red Wings. You get to play eight games against them, and uh, they're 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 not good. <laughs> that
0: was enjoyable.
1: So the Hawks won back to back games over the weekend. It looks like they may have finally. Found a goalie, and and lo and behold, after an zero and three start, the Hawks are now two three and one, and they're in they're in third place in the Central Division. <laughs> How about that, <laughs> mm, Chuck Freebie? Local hockey,
0: you got uh, what? You got a uh, my neighbor there?
1: kid, my neighbor kid, Riley Planey scored a pair of goals and helped Penn to a five two win over Valpo on Sunday. And I will be very honest with you. The only reason that made the morning sports cast this morning is because he's my neighbor. Ken. Well, that'll happen. But, you know, uh, that's, that's what we do. We build relations there in the creek. Okay. I've got an
0: underrated, overrated I'm bringing to the show. One and only. Okay. Uh, do you have anything up your sleeve? I, I actually do. All right. Can I go first? Please. The movie, The Blues Brothers. Overrated or underrated? Yesterday would have been the 72nd birthday of one John Belushi. I celebrated in my own way.
1: The movie itself, a lot of people talk about it. Um, I'm going to say down the line. Down the line. Down the line. I don't, I don't think it's underrated, but it, it's a very good movie. It's got some memorable lines in it. Um, Yeah, I'll go down the line.
0: I watched it yesterday as my wife sat at the dinner table working on her diamond art. Okay. And at the end of the movie, she said, I haven't heard you laugh like that in a long while. And I said, well, let's review for a moment. One of the single greatest car chases ever Mm -hmm. through Chicago, through the mall, that mall scene is laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Some of the best, like, make-you-feel-good performances. When they're in Ray's Music Exchange, they do Shake a Tail Feather. Uh, when they finally play the, the ballroom at the end. Even the Jailhouse Rock at the end. There's, there's something. Great lines. But then I was like, who else was in this movie? Oh, the Belushi. Cats. Yeah. Ackroyd. Cab Calloway, one of the great artists of his time. Mm-hmm. John Candy. Frank Oz, the voice of Grover and Cookie Monster, Yoda, uh, Kathleen Freeman, who was the nun, we need the $5,000, the band, James Brown as the the Reverend, Shaka Khan is in that choir singing. Oh, really? Yes. Um, Stephen Bishop, something's telling me. He was one of the cops chasing through the mall. Okay. Carrie Fisher as the girlfriend. John Landis, the director, he's in the movie. Gosh, who else was in there? I was like, No, it's a it's a terrific. Pee Wee Herman waiting on them in the restaurant when they go to get oh, their old that's buddy. That's right, yeah. Would you like some He'll, my brother will have some bread and I'll have uh five shrimp dishes. As before anybody had
1: really Nobody knew him. who he was. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's there's just a juggernaut. I'm gonna say underrated. Okay. Underrated. I I stand by one of the best. Car chases of all time on film. Oh, I would agree. My son kind of walked in halfway through the, uh, the chase to the Cook County adjuster's office. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is that a tank? <laughs> yes, in Richard M. Daly Plaza there. That is military and tanks they've pulled out for these two guys. Sure, why not? Why not? I mean, you think of some of the great Chicago movies. Oh, that is one of them. Yeah. Calumet City. <laughs> oh it's so good so funny and all those you're like i've been on that i've been on lower wacker of where course, they're at of i've course. been under that subway where they're driving oh it's so good all right what do you got all for that me?
1: was missing was a ray rayner reference <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that stupid dog uh tina turner interesting uh i would say i would say overrated until i saw her live mm-hmm. and I got my mouth shut. She was a performer. So this is uh, late 90s. The big hit at the time was I Don't Want to Fight.
1: Dedicated to Ike.
0: Yeah, but (laughs) she pulled out all the hits, and I'm telling you what, Chuck, it was like, why have I not gone to see this woman previously?
1: Fantastic. She is an entertainer. I mean, yes, as a singer... I would probably say maybe a little overrated as as just a singer. Yeah. But then when you throw in the choreography, the just the entertainment aspect, I would say underrated.
0: Yeah, I'll go underrated. I don't think people knew her like, well, let's go see her in concert. I mean, they they'd see the TV, you know, the, the little appearances here and there. Right. But seeing a ninety-minute 100 mile an hour, what she does. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's a whirling dervish. And let's do some math real quick. How old old is Tina Turner? uh, She's got to be in her 70s by now. 81. 81. So when I saw her, well, that was 20 years ago. So she would have been her early 60s. Still early 60s. She was moving. Yeah. Moving. Costume changes. All the big hits, all the hit songs. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. I
1: have one more for you, okay? Because I was driving over to pick up mom. We were going to brunch yesterday. Oh, love me some B. Jean freebie. I look over to the right, and there's this lengthy line on County Road Six. Popeyes Chicken, the Popeyes Chicken sandwich, <laughs> overrated. What time? Or underrated. This is like noon. Yeah, Noon on a Sunday. So after church.
0: Yeah. yeah, but it is in my opinion that the Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. I went when that all kind of came to a head in social media and went and did the research. I put the time in, Chuck. I was upset that I sat in line that long because it was lunchtime over here on Hickory. But it is a good sandwich. It's a full chicken. It's it's very filling then. It's very filling. The fries are good. They're crinkle fries. Okay. It's very filling. I I would I would put that over the
1: top. See, I have to I have to make a confession here. I've never had it. Oh. Because every time you I see drive that, by, you see the line. I see like, eh. that line, and I'm not
0: yeah. I'm not getting in there. Yeah, you got to hit it at a crazy like three thirty on a Saturday.
1: Yeah, or something. And, you like know, that. and
0: you're kind of busy. So I see it right down the middle. You would not say it's underrated. Uh, I think people
1: who know know. <laughs> and and we know. We. You know, know. that's funny cuz people used to say the same thing about Wes Farrell. What's that? People who know.
0: No. <laughs> we had a Twitter underrated overrated, but I'm going to save that towards the end of. Are the week. you sure? Yeah, I want to okay. save it for the end of. Cuz I'll tell you what it is off mic so you can prepare yourself cuz I think it'll be your knowledge will help me better
1: by the way i'm working on a special guest
0: for next week oh listen to you all right i won't get my hopes up don't tell me no if you don't tell me then i won't get my hopes up don't
1: get your hopes up. all right but i think it could happen
0: i feel good about this do all the things that the podcasters ask hit the subscribe button rate leave a review that's always helpful to us download
1: us several times we're very appreciative of the
0: numbers shout out to chicago our number two most listened city really it goes south bend chicago elkhart
1: you know i wonder too we, we have a lot of people that live here that work in chicago oh i wonder if they download it and listen to it on the drive home this or is on part the of their commute. or whatever
0: i don't know shout out to the Windy city though appreciate Love that it. uh this feels good we're gonna end this program until next time yak fans well just
1: for today right we're not We're going to end this episode 280. Because when you say end the program, I'm thinking, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck, I'm done. 280. Out. Are there things that I should know? Like when I try my key fob on tomorrow morning, will it work? (laughs) We're done here. (laughs) Hit the lights.
0: Until next time, Yak fans. Oogaloo Ga, Wes Farrell.
1: Will Farrell. Wes. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Jack. Sport Jack. Sport Jack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience.
0: We done.